everybody, welcome back to Brooks Books. Today I'm reviewing an amazing novel by Roald Dahl, Matilda, and the featured author is the one and only Melissa De La Cruz. First off, Happy New Year, everyone. I'm so excited to see what 2023 brings. And I've set myself a goal to read 200 books this year and read for 25,000 minutes. My siblings think it's a lot, but I totally think I can do it. I highly encourage any avid readers to set yourself a goal, too. And even if you don't like reading a whole bunch, you could still set yourself a goal, but maybe a smaller number. Time for the book. This is definitely one of my favorite books ever, and I don't know why I waited so long to review it. I was inspired to review this book because Netflix came out with a musical based off the book Matilda, and I may or may not have almost watched it six times. I'm definitely not obsessed or anything. <laughs> Anyways, after watching the movie, I went and reread the book, and I knew I had to review it. So, time for the summary, but before we begin, I have no emails or comments this episode, so make sure to send them in, guys. I really do love hearing from everyone. So, time for the summary. Matilda Wormwood is a genius, but she doesn't know it or think about it at all. She could speak perfectly by the age of one and a half, and she could read Charles Dickens' Great Expectations by the time she was four. But her parents just think she's a little wart. All they care about is their perfectly normal son, Michael, and not at all about Matilda. They don't care about her so much that they forget to send her to school. But thankfully, she gets sent to school, Crunchum Hall to be exact, where she meets the Trunchbull, the headmistress of the school. Agatha Trunchbull believes that children are maggots and hates all kids. But Matilda and her incredible mind end Miss Trunchbull's reign once and for all. Sorry that summary was kind of long, but it's really hard to summarize Roald Dahl's writing. I really don't have much else to say about Roald Dahl because he was my featured author in my first episode. That means time for the first chapter. The Reader of Books It's a funny thing about mothers and fathers. Even when their child is the most disgusting little blister you could ever imagine, they still think that he or she is wonderful. Some parents go further. They become so blinded by adoration, they manage to convince themselves their child has qualities of genius. Well, there's nothing very wrong with all this. It's the way of the world. It is only when the parents begin telling us about the brilliance of their own revolting offspring that we start shouting, bring us a basin and we're going to be sick. School teachers suffer a good deal from having to listen to this sort of twaddle from proud parents, but they usually get their own back when the time comes to write end-of-the-term reports. If I were a teacher, I would cook up some real scorchers for the children of dotting parents. Your son, Maximilian, I would write, is a total washout. I hope you have a family business you can push him into when he leaves school because he sure as heck won't get a job anywhere else. Or, if I was feeling lyrical that day, I might write, It is a curious truth that grasshoppers have their hearing organs in the sides of their abdomen. Your daughter, Vanessa, judging by what she's learnt this term, has no hearing organs at all. 
I might even delve deeper into natural history and say the periodical cicada spends six years as a grub underground and no more than six days as a free creature of sunlight and air. Your son Wilfred has spent six years as a grub in the school and we are still waiting for him to emerge from his chrysalis. A particularly poisonous little girl might sting me into saying Fiona has the same glacial beauty as an iceberg, but unlike the iceberg, she has absolutely nothing below the surface. I think I might enjoy writing end-of-the-term reports for the stinkers in my class, but enough of that. We have to get on. Occasionally, one comes across parents who take the opposite line, who show no interest at all in their children, and these are, of course, are far worse than the dotting ones. Mr. and Miss Wormwood are two such parents. They have a son called Michael and a daughter called Matilda. And the parents looked upon Matilda in particular as nothing more than a scab. A scab is something you have to put off put up with until the time comes when you can pick it off and flick it away. Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood looked forward enormously to the time when they could pick their little daughter off and flick her away, preferably into the next country, or even further than that. Is it, it is bad enough when parents treat ordinary children as though they were scabs and bunions, but it some, becomes somehow a lot worse when the child in question is extraordinary, and by that I mean sensitive and brilliant. Matilda was both of these things, but above all, she was brilliant. Her mind was so nimble and she was quick to learn that her ability should have been obvious, even in most half-witted of parents. But Mr. and Miss Wormwood, Mrs. Wormwood were both so gormless and so wrapped up in their silly own lives that they failed to notice anything unusual about their daughter. To tell the truth, I doubt they would have noticed had she crawled into the house with a broken leg. Matilda's brother, Michael, was a perfectly normal boy. But the sister, as I said, was something to make your eyes pop. By the age of one and a half, her speech was perfect, and she knew as many words as most grown-ups. The parents, instead of applauding her, called her noisy chatterbox and told her sharply that small girls should be seen and not heard. By the time she was three, Matilda had taught herself to read by studying the newspapers and magazines that lay around the house. By the age of four, she could read fast and well, and she naturally began hankering after books. The only book in the whole of this enlightened household was something called Easy Cooking, belonging to her mother. And when she had read this from cover to cover and learned all the recipes by heart, she decided she wanted something more interesting. Daddy, she said, do you think you could buy me a book? A book, he said. What do you want a flaming book for? To read, Daddy. What's wrong with the telly, for heaven's sake? We've got a lovely telly with a 12-inch screen, and now you've come asking for a book? You're getting spoiled, my girl. Nearly every weekday afternoon, Matilda was left alone in the house. Her brother, five years older than her, went to school, her father went to work, and her mother went out playing bingo in, the t in a town eight miles away. Mrs. Wormwood was hooked on bingo and played it five afternoons a week. On the afternoon of the day when her father had refused to buy her a book, Matilda set out all by herself to walk to the public library in the village. When she arrived, she introduced herself to the librarian, Miss Phelps. She asked if she might sit a while and read a book. Miss Phelps, slightly taken aback at the arrival of such a tiny girl, unaccompanied by a parent, nevertheless told her that she was very welcome. "'Where are the children's books, please?' Matilda asked. "'They're over there on those lower shelves,' Miss Phelps told her. "'Would you like to help me find you a m nice one with lots of pictures in it?' "'No, thank you,' Matilda said. "'I'm sure I can manage.' 
From then on, every afternoon, as soon as her mother had left for bingo, Matilda would toddle down to the library. The walk took only ten minutes, and this allowed her two glorious hours sitting by herself in a cozy corner, devouring one book after another. When she had read every single book, every single children's book in the place, she, thought she started wandering around in search of something else. Miss Phelps, who had been watching her with fascination for the past few weeks, now got up from her desk and went over to her. "'Can I help you, Matilda?' she asked. "'I'm wondering what to read next,' Matilda said. "'I finished all the children's books.' "'You mean you've looked at the pictures?' "'Yes, but I've read the books as well.' Miss Phelps looked down at Matilda from her great height, and Matilda looked right back up at her. "'I thought some were very poor,' Matilda said, "'but others were lovely. "'I liked the secret garden best of all. "'It was full of mystery, "'the mystery of the room behind the closed door "'and the mystery of the garden behind the big wall.' "'Miss Phelps was stunned. "'How exactly how old are you, Matilda?' she asked. Four years and three months,' Matilda said. "'And that's where I'm going to stop. "'I absolutely love Roald Dahl's style of writing, "'and it's really easy to comprehend.' Some of the reasons I loved this book is because I love, all caps, books about kids who love to read, and Matilda is such a classic and inspirational story for everyone. Time for the cautions. Matilda is totally clean, besides the fact that Miss Trunchbull is pretty mean to kids, and she says the A word for your rear end once to a kid. But nothing else to worry about, parents. And kids, I guess. One more thing before I go on to the featured author. I totally forgot to mention that Roald Dahl has this super cool scrapbook called The Glorumptious Worlds of Roald Dahl, where it gives you quotes, letters, pictures, little guides, etc., and sections for each book he's written. It's such a fun book to read, and I've read it multiple times. So check it out. Alright, time for the featured author. Melissa De La Cruz! Most of you might not know who she is, which is why I'm here to tell you all about her and her amazing pieces of literature. Melissa is the author of the Descendants series, which are prequels to the Disney movie Descendants. I was obsessed with those movies in second and third grade, and the book series to this day was what I thought it started the Descendants movies, honestly. She also has a newer series called The Chronicles of Never After, which I just started reading recently, and I might review on the podcast. Winkity wink, wink wink. She also has written lots of adult books. She lives in she lives with her husband in Los Angeles and her ten year old daughter. She is fifty one years old, and she was born on September seventh, nineteen seventy one, and she's still living today and still writing. Time for some fun facts. She grew up in Manila in the Philippines and moved to San Francisco with her family, where she went to Columbia University after high school and studied art history and English. Melissa is also the co-director of Yalfest and the co-founder of Yal West, which are the two largest and vibrant young adult book festivals in the country, attracting more than 30,000 readers a year. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me and stay tuned for my next episode. Keep reading and happy new year. Bye.